are going to have uh, just a, a moment of silence for, for anybody uh, that, that, that maybe, like if you have an RPG character that has died in one of your campaigns, uh, we'd like you to honor them. Uh, so just milk that for a little bit. Uh, and remember, like we say on Campaign Skyjacks, inside tears is jizz. <laughs> With the catchphrase, Dan! So that brings us to what, what, what's the timeline there? Uh, 205 years ago. All right. And what is the title of this scene? The time we took something from one another. The time we took something from one another. They get less creative as we yeah. go. <laughs> what if I had just said tears again? Dan, I'm going to need your help for this one. All because right. We are in a forest the realm of the queen, the matriarch, the creature that rules over the forests of the land. What does their game parlor look like? Their game parlor, where they have like uh, taxidermied animals and things like that, or a game parlor as in pool of billiards and checkered? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, both. I will say this is the forest queen. Uh, so those don't need to be taxidermied animals. They might be real creatures that are made to pose. Oh, Ooh. yuck. Yucky. And unlike most forest queens, she's really into double meaning. So she has game and games. Love it. Uh, yeah. So you this. You use flamingos as pool cues. <laughs> These hedgehogs for croquet. <laughs> in a more forested environment, we're going to have a tree uh, multi-level setting with lots of dark wood and integrated moss and plants that look like they've grown naturally but perfectly. And we've got wildlife which moves and regularly scheduled shifts a la like a Disney style. You've, you're dressed up as a Disney character at uh, Disneyland mm-hmm. and you have to do this for about an hour and then you go take a break and then you come back and then you take a break. So no one's getting abused but they are clearly being controlled. Oh, I like it. Yeah, so there's, you know, this buck with a massive rack of horns that stands, like, right every day at the exact time that the sun will backlight it to spread these shadows throughout this forested glade. It just looks super majestic. The creature is just compelled to sit there, almost motionless, for a full hour before it returns to the life of a deer. Mm-hmm. They do have a break room where they smoke as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, how else are you going to get those dried meats in the game room? That's these, right. <laughs> these creatures vape, for sure. Um, as for games, of course, everything's very natural, so you've got uh, wood and stone chips and pieces for everything, but I would imagine there would be some sort of strategy games and luck games and, of course, dice games and all sorts of things that occasionally an animal will participate in if a, wi- a willing participant, there's not enough people at the table, that squirrel actually knows how to roll the die. I love it. Uh, of course, at the center of the room, the, the, the champion piece, the, the most important item that is in this glade is the Illimat. It sits at the center of all things. And around this table, it, the seasons are decorated as well according to the Illimat that sits on the table. When it's shifted, winter, spring, summer, and fall all rotate around it. And we find at this table two people that we know very well. They make their way into the glade. Who of you is first to arrive? Not it. Not it. (laughs) 
So, Dan, <laughs> there are to be four who play this game. One will be the queen who is going to generously gamble with these mortals to win perhaps their favor, perhaps her favor, power that she has, abilities to negotiate with other forces. Uh, in return, she expects service, but living creatures are always given the opportunity not to have to serve. Who else has entered this game? I think, I think there would be a woodsman, Ooh. perhaps, uh, but not your average woodsman. This is the type of person who has had a very educated career and became so uh, scholarized that that's a new word, scholarized. So he's been it scholar exists in skyjacks. Sure. So he's been Sorry. very scholarific. Um, but one day he had an epiphany with all of the science and or magic and history that he's ever learned. He just wants to live in the woods and just live with the animals, chop wood, uh, hunt, and be a, a guardian for the forest. And he is uh, very quiet, so he knows the queen and the queen knows of her, and he just keeps a very low profile. She probably knows his whole past. And because he's never ruffled any feathers, she just lets him live on the lands and hang out. I love this because you are terrified. The reason this woodsman is terrified is the queen entertains people to play games with her every so often, as the matriarch is wont to do. You never question it. Occasionally, you'll bring logs to stoke the fire. Um, you're not normally made to serve in that way because you are such a good and faithful servant. Um, and usually if the game needs something, an animal will provide that service. But today, for a reason that you cannot comprehend, you've been asked to sit in as a fourth player. And that's when the next arrives on the scene. And hey, Gable, I do not believe that Travis is Getting there before me, no, absolutely. He's probably not. A not. Person at no. All. Well, fashionably late every time is always on time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gable has come here. Or do you want us to describe our reasonings? Yeah, yes, here. please. So uh, on this, uh, instead of selecting one, you're going to do all three of them. That's so much thinking. Yeah. Ugh. All right, uh, Gable has been on the run for the past decade or so. After the fall, what was left... Or five years, exactly, five yeah, years. Yeah, um, what was left of the church has now formed into what is today known as the Church of the Slain God and has made it their mission, first and foremost, to eliminate the fallen. There were many of us. Uh, thousands. And... Tens of thousands. It's been... We've all been on the run, but none of us remember anything. It's if, as if we are children being picked out of, uh, plucked out of our cribs. We have no knowledge of the, the area, and as much as we can, the ones that survive, we can never be around each other because they know. And in a way, you owe your life to Travis Matigo because... Him being the first experience of humanity taught you things, things that even without your angelic grace led you to make assumptions about the behavior of human beings that kept you safe from them. I told you. <laughs> you enter this glade. You can see that this woodsman is full of fear. They stink of it. But... He also emanates something else, something sweet, something gentle, something soft, innocence. Hmm. What do you do? And how do you look? I mean, clothed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what are you here for? I was summoned by Her Majesty, and I'm here to participate in something that uh, has not been done by myself or anyone else in some time that doesn't have four legs. Are you afraid? Am I a brave? Are you afraid? Are you brave could answer that question, <laughs> I guess. 
To be brave means I would, of course, uh, be fine with going into any danger, but I assure you, I am afraid. I have what little courage it'll take to get me there, for the wrath of Her Majesty will be far worse if I don't participate. Travis arrives. Your Majesty! <laughs> Idiot. I've heard Idiot. tale that you offer mortals their wildest desires, and I bow for the chance. I feel like I see you saying this as you're like doing a stylish <laughs> twirl. You're, you sense no fear from this creature. Or innocence. <laughs> Wait a second. Travis pulls out a gun. <laughs> it's you! That's ah! a gun! I know what those are now! <laughs> You bastard. You bastard. You You walked away from me and I was talking to you. What are you? I still don't know. That's a lie. Oh, you learned how to lie now. Whatever. Hello, Travis Madigo. Pleasure to meet your acquaintance. I'm Joffrey in the Woodsman. Thank you. All right. Bastard. What are, you, what are you even doing here? Why aren't you pilfering some corpses out in the bay? Because they're gone. <laughs> Why aren't you naked? <laughs> Why? Society. Gable's a nudist. That's canon now. <laughs> doing here? This is incredibly dangerous. You are a very self-serving garbage trash man. (laughs) Whatever would you offer her? Well, my life, of course. You? Yes, me. You'd offer your life that you cling to so desperately? Only if I lose. And there's one thing that you should learn about Travis Madigo is that he never loses. We'll see. So glad you weren't the big rib. Uh, so there are questions on that sheet. I want you to answer each of those. We don't have to do that through narrative because we will play this game at some point. What does that mean? Oh, you want us to say these things out loud? Yeah, answer, okay. yeah say, say the questions. Uh, so describe a fear that brought you here. It's the fear of the church and the desire for protection. That's what Gable's going to ask the Forest Queen for. Uh, describe a hope that you cling to that the knowledge will come back one day. Describe an ocus that was part of yourself you no longer own. Can you illuminate that? So an ocus in our world is a piece of your soul, a part of yourself that in some certain kinds of illimat you can bet and place on the table. Everyone who participates in the queen's game plays with a soul ocus. The queen does not care for the tawdry riches of the earth. She wants you, and she'll take a part of you. There was something that was once a part of Gable, perhaps even a part of Uriel, that was left on that table and not reclaimed. Gable used to know their name. And... By a funny twist of fate, I think, the queen didn't claim that name because Travis Madigo never loses. (laughs) Trash garbage man. (laughs) Let's move over to Travis. Travis, could you answer those questions for me? Uh, Absolutely. A fear that brought you here, um, that's the fear of continuing this life of lying and cheating and stealing, which are all fun and good, but not when it's such a hassle. Um, so that, uh, the fear of, of continuing this sort of nomadic uh, uh, vagabond life. Uh, a hope that I cling to is that things will one day be normal again, or, or whatever Travis or William remembers as normal. I think those memories of his youth are um, 
idealized in some ways in the ways that you think back on things that were maybe not so great, but when you kind of squint and tilt your head, you can see something that you remember good um, and the hope that that will return. And uh, the final question, describe an Ocus that was part of yourself that you no longer own. Uh, and that is from, is that from this game? That is from this game. It's, it's something that you bet and lost. Mortality. And that is something that Travis lost. And in return, Travis, of course, became a changeling. Travis is a particularly skilled and vindictive player of Illimat. Uh, and the person who lost overall was the queen. Gable left with the protection that they sought. Travis, although he managed to win most of the prizes on the table, giving himself immortality and even winning some supernatural gift for the woodsman that sat at the table with them, Travis did not have his life, his mortality. The queen claimed that and turned him into a changeling to serve in her court. But that's a story for a different time. We move on now to, I believe, 150 years ago. Are those, is that correct? Oh, oh, I see, yeah. I see. You, so yeah, you, those, those should be switched. So this is 170 okay. years ago, yep. Is mine fine? Wow, yeah. Cool, <laughs> all right, thank you. <laughs> Uh, although it is happening at the same time. Okay. Uh, so, uh, what is it called? 170 years ago. Oh, yeah, goals. There were no goals for this one. They just had to answer those three questions. Um, it changed the rules of Jim's game a lot. <laughs> that'll show him. He's out there so mad. <laughs> uh, the time they tried to destroy us. The time they tried to destroy us. Creativity is a difficult thing, folks. <laughs> It's not as if it's my only job. <laughs> so, over the years, more and more supernatural creatures and beings walked the earth. Life used to be much simpler on Spear before the stars fell. The Mariner has since started up his campaign against the creatures of the land, sailing the seas, corrupting sailors, and turning them against the empires that were trying to cling to power. Eventually, their revels brought the cities of the land to their knees, destroyed economies and lives, and shipping altogether. This, of course, made the people of the land nervous about anyone who's weird. <laughs> and the church led this more than any other organization, led the extermination of those beings that threaten the livelihoods of the good people who worship the slain God and await its possible return. They've rounded people up. Dan, what does this camp look like where people have been put awaiting execution? Well, what's the climate? <laughs> Cold. Cold. Uh, so we have a camp where people are being awaited, or people are awaiting execution. They've integrated steel bands and irons with the ice holding them fast. And it's a sort of, I don't know, maybe an alchemical kind of ice that you can break through, but only the guards have the right kind of pickaxes to get oh, through. rules! So they make them work and slave away until it's time for their execution. And I'm curious, with such ice-shaping abilities, perhaps an ice-bladed guillotine of some sort. Yeah. Would be very interesting. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you, Dan, it starts, they pour some water down a chute, Whoa. and by the time it reaches the bottom of the chute, ah. it's a spike. Ah. But, they, but when there's no one to kill, they just pour shots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. It's a toy. That's one of the things that they don't tell you about execution devices. When you're not killing anyone, it's a toy. 
It's a cool, fun toy. They use it to cut celery. Yeah. Too. It's got culinary. I my knife. Where How long it? has Gable been here? Hmm. How long has it been since the Forest Queen? Uh, well, I'm gonna do quick math. Put dates down there so decades. Mine are different from, uh, it looks like it's 60 years. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, maybe eight years, not very long. Enough for a master's degree. Wow, waiting for execution for eight years. Mm-hmm. Do you have any hope that you'll escape? They haven't tried because they want to see what happens. Interesting. Oh, there's a church official studying you. Yeah. James, no. Yeah. (laughs) And I believe fans of the podcast will recognize the book that this church official is writing their notes in as decades later it was claimed by the crew of the Uhuru as they raided the civility. Observations on all sorts of supernatural creatures, but a very unsettling attention and detail paid to the very tall fallen. I'm trying to decide whether Gable knows that they could break out if they wanted to, or if they've been so beat down that they mentally don't remember what's what it's like. Well, I- while you're making that decision, we can turn to Travis. Travis, how long do you think you've been here? I think that Travis has been here long enough that the guards know that something weird goes down at night, but not long enough for them to know exactly what. Interesting. How have you evaded people finding out about your transformation? Well, as as we've established, there are very large rocks all over. (laughs) But they find you in the mornings, like, free of your shackles. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Travis has to do that, that, like... Roger Rabbit thing where like he can he has to he can get out of them mm-hmm. like when it's funny but then has to but can go back in them but then when he like has to get out of them he can't <laughs> what a good character ability we're gonna put that that'll be we'll write that ability in Genesis and we'll make you buy it with experience points Travis is a tune in the can <laughs> <laughs> a tune Hey heroes, it's James, your game master. Welcome to the mid-roll. Folks, I hope you enjoyed these episodes that we recorded at Gen Con 2019. I'm extremely excited to say that it looks like this year we're going to be able to get the entire Skyjacks cast at Gen Con for 2020. So if you were thinking of going and the idea of a Skyjacks live show would tip the scales a little bit, know that that's on the way. Before we get back to our show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. This network is entirely supported through Patreon, and there's no way we would be able to produce programs like Skyjacks without your support. Martin Chodorik, thank you so much. Anne Tesser, thank you. John Hull, thank you very much. Puscote, thank you, and let me know if I have mispronounced that. Maya Medniks, thank you very much. Adam R. Milsom, thank you. Samuel Prussell, thank you very much. Sam LaFletch, thank you. Michael Costanzo, thank you very much. Dr. Do Very Little, thank you. Ebba Stewart, thank you very much. Bridger, thank you. AJ Goldman, thank you very much. Jeanette, thank you so much. Ash Rouch, thank you very much. Alfonso Lee Ramirez, thank you very much. Garrett Douglas, thank you. And Salo Quinones, thank you very much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. And folks, if you like Skyjacks, there is a slew of amazing bonus content coming up. Right now, we are rolling out a conversation between myself and Drew Merzieski, who GM'd Skyjacks Courier's Call. It's sort of a post-arc wrap-up for both of us. I talk a little bit about Bouja Neath, and he talks about the process of creating the pilot series for Courier's Call. We also answer lots of listener questions, and there are some juicy bits of lore that get peppered in there. 
Then coming up on February 25th, we have a really special treat for you. I teamed up with the folks over at our System Mastery podcast to create Blimpjacks, an inter-universe crossover between Skyjacks and the Blimpleggers campaign setting that the System Mastery folks cooked up. Characters from their world enter the world of Skyjacks, and let's just say that I think I let the implications of that crossover get a little bit farther reach than maybe they should. If you're a completionist who wants to get at that full Skyjack story, make sure that you head to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and back us at at least the $5 a month level so you get access to that bonus content. Though I will point out, thanks to supporters of the World Builders End of the Year charity drive, the first episode of Blimpjacks is going to be available publicly. That'll still be on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash one-shot podcast. But if you want to sample the series before you dive into it, check that out. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. When does Gable first realize that Travis is here. Is Travis able to get out of his cell? Absolutely. Travis has been taunting Gable for at least six months. <laughs> like coming into the window as a bird or snake. You just, you just gotta answer the question. I got the keys. I got the keys, just tell me. It is night and we see a serpent coiled in the window of Gable's cell. Go away. Just gotta answer the question. What? What are you? You gotta know by now. <laughs> they I... all wanna hear it. <laughs> they really love those executions, don't they? <laughs> Look, I can get us both out of here. No problem. I'm... The thing they slaughter. I'm the reason the stars fell. I am a monster. My snooze and flesh are nothing. I am ash. Hmm, did you say something important? <laughs> yes, you did. You remember the voice of someone who was once quite important to you. You are you ash. Are you ash. Are you ash. And then pain, then falling, then crashing in water. And now you're back. Do you want to leave? I'll leave when I'm good and ready. That could be now, it could be tomorrow. Do you want to leave? I think I want to leave. Just gotta pay the price. I mean, I'm an angel. If you use your context clues, I'm an angel? I don't I have an angel. I don't have time for all of those words. I'm a busy man. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, well, tomorrow when I can hold keys. <laughs> Were they all this dumb or just you? Excuse me. <laughs> Most of us, yes. <laughs> Plentiful Dembo representation in Skyjacks, <laughs> folks. Are, can it be so, like, the, in the setting, like, our executions are supposed to be tomorrow? Sure, yes. Yeah. They've finally been scheduled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Funny how I was fast-tracked. <laughs> really easy to see, I think, actually. <laughs> Um, one of the prisoners has a tendency to whenever it's funny. <laughs> not when it's useful, but whenever it would be, you know, funny, he just gets out. <laughs> He's tomorrow. <laughs> so I think um, we are out in the square. It's, so it's like a spike. 
you said? Yeah, so it's a chute. You're, you're placed at the bottom of the chute, and the water will freeze by the time it reaches the end of the chute into just pillars of sharp icicles. Mm-hmm. So they let the water loose. It shoots down. At the last minute, Gable grabs it right before it hits their face, breaks it off, and tosses it to Travis. Travis, what do you do with it? No! <laughs> Use it as a sword! Oh, it's so cold. Use it as a sword! I'm more of a gun boy. Then use your... You don't have a gun. You have a sword. I made it out of ice. Use it! Guards advance on you, Travis. (laughs) Oh, you think we should stop them or something? I don't know. They're having a conversation. We don't want to interrupt. It's not to be rude. That's what separates us from them. That's right. Gable's breaking necks. Breaking necks. Go! Breaking necks. Breaking necks. Uh, Travis has has had keys concealed on him. He's had them for a long time. But you get the three square meals, so. I think because you have the keys concealed on you, when you transform into an animal, you literally can't access the keys because Mm -hmm. they've melded into your body. Mm -hmm. Ew! Oh, please. What were your goals for that scene? Save someone. Uh, take a life and regret the loss. I don't think I'd do that. You did not. But you definitely saved someone. Mm-hmm. So Myself. Mark a check mark. <laughs> yep. And Gable, too. <laughs> but we come to decades later, the last interaction before you joined the Uhuru together. What is the title of this scene? And God, I hope I was a little bit more creative, but honestly, I don't know. Let's say it at the same time. <clears throat> All right. One, two, three. The, the time, time we acknowledge, acknowledge what we are. Damn it! <laughs> James, you really did just the one. Just the one. Really just the one. <laughs> really just sort of kept them same for the pattern. All right, Dan, we get to do something real fun. We're at a tavern now. What is the coolest thing about this tavern? The coolest thing about this tavern. Oh, he hasn't arrived yet. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I hate it because it's true. God damn it, he's cool. God, I hate this. So the second coolest thing about this tavern. When I leave. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's my first question. Is it climate controlled? Do they have a central air? Yeah, we'll say somehow they can control the climate in this tavern. A thermostat. <laughs> and are we are we urban or are we rural? Uh, I think this is, think English countryside, like township. All right. So, <clears throat> inspired by many trips to the uh, choo-choo train restaurant that my children had to go to, there is a sort of make-work Uh, Not a choo-choo train, per se, but like a caravan of animated uh, toys that run through the whole thing in a sort of weird parade. But it's made to look mechanical so that no one gets superstitious and gets angry because it's magic. But there is a magic flair to it. And people that stare at it long enough kind of lose themselves in it. There, this is a clock, a fantastic bit of clockwork uh, that has been constructed to depict a scene of the forest queen leading her trail of changeling servants. They, as the day goes by, transform between men, women, and other people into animals, all following the the sure footsteps of the forest queen parading around. It's one of the most celebrated stories of this village as it borders a large forest, and it's customary to bestow a gift upon the queen. Some of them are left in the forest, and some are displayed in the town to appease the queen and show that they respect her power. And because of that, this town has been blessed with prosperity. Uh, And this, of course, is one of the most celebrated things in the town, and people come from all over to see this marvelous work and eat the rich food of this town. 
Is that what brought Travis Matigo here? Not by choice, but I think he was compelled to come here by the Queen. And I think he's also incapable of entering without giving an offering, like physically incapable. We see him before the door, ravaged by hunger. He has had food in the past few days, but he has not been able to bring himself to eat it because he has not heeded the orders of the queen. Now he stands before this restaurant, starving, but he cannot pass through the door. What do you do? Uh, Travis pulls out a knife, slices his hand, and touches the front of the door. Hey! <laughs> What's that? It's an offering for the queen. We'll offer it somewhere that's not the door. I'll wash it. That's a health code violation. <laughs> the, uh, I think the, the, the bartender sort of very quickly loses their steam. When you were casually reacting to that, you know, they back off very quickly. And that's that. <laughs> You're able to enter now. Is Gable already there? That's a good question. Yes. What are you doing? Gable is a gun for hire at this moment. For the past 10 years, uh, the best way to hide has been in plain sight. So depending on the price and what the bounty is, they go from town to town fulfilling some of the darker underbelly, their desires and needs. What, uh, have you just finished a job or are you looking for work or are you in the middle of a job? I'm in the middle of one. Mm -hmm. What are you looking for? Travis. <laughs> you did a bad thing. Uh? <laughs> <sighs> well, here we are. Here you are. Here I am. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Hancock? No! No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> that, that's actually the coolest thing, is there is a poster for Hancock. <laughs> Spare no detail. I'm just upset right now because I'm not going to be able to collect my bounty. Hmm? They wanted your head, and I don't, I don't know what would happen if... I popped it off. Well, it would hurt and I would die. <laughs> and it sounds like you would get a nice little influx of cash. Hmm. Hmm. You look awful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what happened? Well, I'm a little hungry, so if you wouldn't mind letting me eat before you kill me. Hmm. Continue. You look well. Thank you. I thought that she gave you everything you wanted. <laughs> she gave me everything I wanted and took everything I needed. <laughs> That's what you sound like. Usually it gets a little more sympathy. Mm. The bounty wasn't that high, I apologize. You're not worth that much. So, I'm fine throwing away this contract. What's the catch? Hopefully... No, sorry, waiter, what's the catch of the day? <laughs> uh, that would be the batch. Ah, I'll take two. All right, two batch. No, both of him. I know how this goes. Uh, is this two separate checks? Yes. Or... Okay. <laughs> Promise me that... The next time you see someone who's less capable than you or perhaps needs a little bit of protection, you extend some courtesy. Excuse me, the perch is a regional delicacy. It will take a good 45 minutes. For fish? Yeah. <laughs> you okay with the 45 minutes? Are you catching it now? It is just a regional preparation, sir. It's dried fish? They're going to put it and hang it up and salt it? Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess I've got nowhere All else to go. All right, 45 minute wait, two perch. And you're sure you would like No! Uh, that's still two separate checks. Yes! Okay. 
waiter comes around when they feel like they haven't done anything. <laughs> also, fuck you. No, stop it. <laughs> How did you know I'd be here? Just seems like your sort of place. Hmm. Hmm. At this exact moment, the clock chimes. One of the figures that follows around on this track, just behind the queen, transforms into a rabbit. Is it close to time? No. (laughs) Sun's out, gun's out. (laughs) All right. Do you need some place to stay? Do you know of a place? Got a pocket. Sir, would you like some ice, wizard? Or... No, where's the fish? It takes 45 minutes. 45 apparently. minutes, sir. It's a regional delicacy. It's a perch. I'll leave you to your message. Okay, yeah. yes, yes. No, I've got plenty pockets of my own, thank you. Anyway, I'm going to be on my way. If you would like to join, you're more than welcome. Well, I have to be here at least 45 more minutes. minutes. Right? Jesus. Maybe it's like 22 and a half minutes per fish, but they can't cook them at the same time. They only have one oven, but then the one's going to be really cold. Waiter. (laughs) Uh, Yes, sir. If you finish one first, I'll go ahead and take it. If we finish, so uh, you would not like them to be brought out at the same time? If it's going to get one quicker. Would you like an appetizer preparation for the first fish? No, no, no. Just the first fish will be the appetizer for the second fish. So you want to eat two consecutive entrees? (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I'd like uh, combined checks. No, I don't. Always separate checks. Never ask me again. Okay. I could not help but over here. Are they asking for separate checks? Do they realize? I I hovered them so many times. No separate checks. You do not go Dutch at a French restaurant. It is all I'm saying. Good luck with that table. I'm going to serve some squirrels. <laughs> if, if you have a place that's not a pocket. There's a ship. It'll be leaving docks in about two months. I figure the skies are a safe place to be at the moment. I've been worse places. How many people aboard? Anywhere between <laughs> 12 to 85. It's either very big or very small. How do you feel about kids? <laughs> Whatever could I give you in return? Take care of yourself. You look so bad. Travis, you've been alive over 200 years at this point. How many times have you been shown care and kindness. How many times have you felt a home? I think I have had a lot of homes and I think I've been shown a lot of kindnesses, but I think that they were all based on lies. You tell a sob story, someone takes care of you, you leave when they learn too much. And I think Gable knows enough to be offering a genuine kindness. And his heart grew three sizes that day. What were your goals for that scene? Make a promise. And I promised that I wouldn't kill him. So. (laughs) What were your goals for that scene? Uh, Share a secret. And I did not do that. But I I had- Were were you working, did I cut you off? No, no, no. Okay. Liz did. (laughs) I had a doozy and you were too nice right off the bat. Spicy. All right. 
you are all deprived of that secret and you have Liz to blame for it. Uh, so with that, uh, I'm just quick count. Yeah, I think I won. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I will tally up your points later um, <laughs> to determine which resources you got. But uh, yeah, Liz definitely nailed that. Make a promise. Uh, so we once again return to the deck of the Uhuru just after Travis has snuck aboard. The initial emotion fades away. Seeing this person who has been a somewhat reliable presence in your life scattered throughout 200 years of history brings up emotions that you don't understand. It's hard to make sense of what you feel at first. That fades away now, rather than seeing that person for what they represent, you see them for who they are. Could you read your statements? It was a moment of peace. We locked eyes on accident. I met you when I was a weapon. My name is Gable. I am remembering, and I can no longer run alone. It was a moment of opportunity. We locked eyes as I climbed aboard the ship. I met you when I was a child. My name is Travis Matigo. I am a skyjack, and I can no longer run alone. And that is our performance. Now, before we end this, we would like to end with Call of the Sky, Arnie's original song. And I believe we have not enough pieces of paper for everybody in the audience with the lyrics on them. So if you know someone, get cozy, share along. Looks like there's one spare sheet out there, a couple spare sheets for anyone who needs it. Tidings, my comrades, we've done it again. The dawn she is breaking, our pants in their end. My morning's cruel light must our sails ascend. Fly far from our families, lovers and friends. Our journey's forthcoming, we drank through the night, sharing tales of our glories, our heartbreaks and plights. With a room full of laughter and our souls full of light, let us raise one more toast ere our vessels take flight. Health to strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends their eyes. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. The last chorus windows and echo refrain. Those who won't weather the wind and the rain Though our number may lessen, our memories remain As once more we'll gather to speak every lost name Health to strangers who better be kind And once for our friends their eyes Twice to the dearest we'll even be kind No, we can never deny Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends they'll rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. Thank you. Once again, Dan the Bard. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to Liz Anderson, Johnny O'Mara, Tyler Davis, who is better than both of us, and me. See you next time, heroes. Scotty
So we return once again to uh, the long line of applicants in front of the skyship Uhuru, all hoping to join the crew in their own right. Uh, we see a relatively plain man, uh, perhaps looking a bit scruffy. He's got long hair and a beard, dressed pretty modestly, except for the strange green contraption that he has on one of his hands. He sits down, gives a polite nod to everyone, and holds his hand up. Uh, all, all right, uh, uh, who might we be speaking to? Hi-ho, everyone. Oh, nope. Uh, I will, nope. Nope, no thank you. Oh, is, is there a problem here? Uh, sir, can you, uh, I would like to hear your, you don't need to move mm-hmm. the, puppet yeah could you uh please uh, put the puppet away please uh what what do you mean puppet there is only me there's uh no well that's I mean, incorrect don't don't gable don't address the puppet that's that that's, <laughs> that's, why, that's how I, he wins that's, that's how he wins mistake. i'm sorry i made the first mistake is there someone else here that i am not aware of no, that i should uh, know about Okay, okay, what if I will engage with a bit? Okay, hmm? Mr. Puppet, why why do you want to be a pirate? Uh, well, I think it is a fun and exciting opportunity, and uh, I have faced a lot of hardships in my life. I can tell you that it is not easy being green, and uh, I think that I have come out much stronger on the other end. I just okay. find this to be an implausible scenario. Okay, you know what? I'll give you a, a situation. Let's say that uh, we, as a crew, have mm-hmm. found ourselves on an island with a buried treasure on it. And uh, let's say uh, there's a man on our crew. We'll call him Tim Curry. He organizes a revolt to steal the treasure and maroon uh, the captaincy on the island. What do you do? It's pretty classic Tim Curry. This is the Tim Curry problem we presented to all of our applicants. <laughs> it's a classic brain puzzler. Um, I will be honest with you. I did not watch this film very much. It's on Disney up. Plus right now, and it's actually it's pretty good. A book. Well, yeah, but a... I have got to catch up on the Clone Wars because the new season comes out on February 17th. You already caught up on it. You've probably watched it through more than once. Well, I did, but I am rewatching. Well, the solution, honestly, it is a brain teaser. You have to make sure that Tim Curry is not in the same boat as the chicken because Tim Curry will eat the chicken, but if you bring the grain and the chicken into the same boat as Tim Curry, the chicken will eat the grain. So uh, the real solution is to just put Tim Curry out on his own into a fleeky boat, and then Tim Curry passes away, mm. ostensibly. That's the, the real solution. But we don't fault people. It's more about how creative your uh, solution making is. Speaking of Tim Curry, he voiced the Emperor in a few episodes of The Clone Wars, which was very strange. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, how is that strange? I mean, the villain, uh, uh, villainous voice is part of his oeuvre. Yeah, but he has just got such Say a... Say that again. ...such a distinct voice. The the villainous voice is part of his oeuvre. Uh, what? His oeuvre. Excellent. Thank you. I just wanted to say that, hear that. Oh, we're just calibrating? Again. Great. I just want... Good. <laughs> I just wanted oeuvre. D- uh, since we were talking about the Joker earlier... Uh, mm, yes. Did you know that Tim Curry also was the original person they picked to play the Joker before Mark Hamill? Oh, why really? didn't they, why didn't that go through? Uh, his portrayal of the Joker caused too much damage to his voice, and he wasn't able to do it consistently. He voiced three episodes before he was replaced. That is why he has the tattoo that says damaged across his forehead. All right. Anyway, patently, you cannot help us on this ship. Why do you say that? The, you only have one working hand. The other hand is inside of this puppet. But I don't understand what you are saying about a puppet. I have two perfectly working there's, hands. Right here. See? There's a Watch, man. I will wave them above my head. Yay! Oh, that's very cute. Uh, it, that doesn't take any coordination. You're going to really have to prove that you can use both hands. Um, well, how about this? I will ride a bicycle. It will be a little disturbing, but you can see <laughs> that I can use both hands and both legs at the same time. Uh, no, riding a bicycle oh, is, that... is more about your legs than your hands. Uh, perhaps, maybe, maybe something that takes real dexterity. Hmm, well, let me, <laughs> let me pour a cup of tea 
and uh, just gingerly sip it with both of my hands. Anyway, no, first of all, you're just Ooh. using one hand as uh, the sun really hits that cup of tea in just the right oh. way. Mm. I, what, what about Lipton something uh, that takes a lot of dexterity, like uh, playing an instrument of some kind? Ooh, a stringed one. Ah, perhaps this banjo will do the trick. And I do happen to see quite a few uh, lovers and dreamers aboard this ship. And uh, maybe really? if Where? I sing Get a out! lovely little tune, you can make a rainbow connection. There are so many people making love in here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please, this is very unprofessional. Get out! I hear. I'll it's chase disgusting. him away. Hiya! Hiya! <laughs> oh, no. Um, I do not like the sound of that. It brings up a lot of um, memories I would like to... Remove my uh, application from consideration. Well, no, really? no, oh, you gosh, really? that you can play the banjo and sip no, tea no, like no. a lizard. No, <laughs> I kind of feel like we're coming around and we're interested now. No, it now. is just um, the the I have a uh, rough history with uh, people using karate on and around me, and uh, I would not like to relive those memories. Well, that's unfortunate. It seemed like you would have been a lovely addition to our crew that we would have brought that. Very frequently, because I don't see any sort of IP situations where having a very specific voice very frequently occurring on the podcast. Can you? What, what's a podcast? Can you, Help! Can you oh trademark God, a voice? <laughs> hmm? uh, can you trademark a voice? Let's hope not, says me, spit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good. What, what was your name again? Oh, uh, James. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet you, James. Yeah. Goodbye, green James. <laughs> I'm going to miss him. <laughs> Me too. What did I miss? I was in the bathroom. Honestly, nothing. The little bunny's room. Oh, okay. I think we're probably cutting it before then. Yeah? <laughs> okay. I don't, then see, I, guess I'll, I don't see how that added to the bit. I'll go back <laughs> to the bathroom then. I mean, everybody I'm knew it was Johnny doing the voice. So Did they? Or was it, was it so good? Maybe they thought it was really James. The tea lizard. <laughs> Uh, James the Tea Wizard. Okay, I think oh, that's I actually. I like him very it. much. <laughs> We've I like him very much. Actually, found it. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG, or on my other podcast, One Shot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. -T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y. -E -E or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea who can be found on Twitter, at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. 
The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. <laughs>